Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we're diving back into sketch comedy. We are doing The State, the short run. Oddly, I thought it was on for a lot longer, but it wasn't. Uh, I'm Michael and Tony's on the other side. Hey, what's up, man? Did you think this show was on for years? Yeah, it's weird. You know, of course, I was just thinking the way way we view television, especially back in the 90s, you kind of caught stuff when you caught it. You know what I mean? So... It's like it was around longer. I mean, it was around shorter than I thought it was, but it had more episodes than I thought it did. You know, yeah, if that makes any sense. Well, it's because weird. It's the seasons yeah. were MTV was very strange because their seasons were broken up in like six episode chunks instead of like the way they do now. Like it's just it's they're taking a break. You know, it's fall break, whatever, or, or you know, and then they'll say it's like season five, part one, or part two, so like that. No, it's just six episodes a season, basically. Yeah, sometimes we get a mid-season add-on and we'll have a short season. But, you know, I mean, much like the way I viewed everything back then, especially in the mid-90s when I was in my early 20s, I just kind of caught things when I caught them. Like, I'm not a completionist. I wouldn't, like, make sure, at least back then, I wouldn't make sure I'd catch every... Because, you know, things would come on randomly. There's no way to, like, prepare. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, so so a lot of these episodes, obviously, I saw for the first time because I didn't, you know, I didn't see every episode back in the day. I saw some of the notable sketches that everyone knows, of course, but some of these were like a brand new viewing experience, which is yeah. cool. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, I remember. So I taped the first maybe five or six episodes. And I remember they were doing a comedy special for The Ref. You remember that movie with Dennis Leary? Yes. And this is when Dennis Leary was red hot on MTV because he always had his little bits. Like, you know, remember they used to have those, like, one-minute kind of things? They had, like, a guy who was, like, he was a, a crooner. You know, the Artie, the strongest man in the world from Pete and Pete, and he's been a bunch of stuff since. Um, but he used to have a thing where he'd sing, like, Elvis, and they'd have Dennis Leary come on. They had a couple other guys like that where they were black and white, real short kind of snips. Yeah, and he'd always have those. He'd always have those bumpers to commercials where he had that little black and white rant he would do. Yeah, you know, like you know. So yeah, he was he, he was like an MTV like stalwart for like for like a minute. You know, usually between like the um, like the, the bumpers in between like shows and commercials, etc. Which was pretty cool. And I, so they did a promo for that, and that's the first time I saw the commercials for the state. And it was really weird. It was like spies or something. They were out in the middle of the cold, like like a, by a park or something. Like, have you guys heard about the state? No, I heard about them. You know, like all like the way to go around is that they're after, you know, they're coming soon on March 25th or something like that. And I was like, okay, that's goofy enough. I got to see it. And I remember just having only the first four or five episodes on a tape. And I don't think I ever got back to it. And um, I lived off of those for a while, and then I remember picking up, I want to say it was around 98, 99, they had a VHS tape called uh, The State Skit and Stickers or something like that, where it's kind of a, do you remember that? It was like a best of, you'd always find it like at the, what's the movie? Uh, like the Suncoast or one of those? Thank you, Suncoast. They always had it there. I wonder if it was exclusive. And, I don't know. And... I remember buying the series when it finally came out on DVD and not liking it because my brain was so keyed into those like 15 sketches and that was it. Yeah. Uh, but now I, I went and bought it again when they re-released it and then all of a sudden I just vibed with it. I really, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know when we did SCTV, there's a very particular rhythm and a time in our world where... You just had to have been there, I think, to really get all the jokes. It's not as wide range and appealing as like the kids in the hall or Mr. Show and stuff like that. 
it just like it had no budget whatsoever it's these 11 kids or whatever just you know doing what made them laugh right no yeah it's like well so so they're all like uh what an nyu uh comedy trip that's that's pretty much like uh how they got their start from when you know from what i read they're all like uh they're all founded like for a lot of stuff i thought they were canadian but like yeah they're they're all, they're all from nyu and uh they were like an improv comedy group and they were originally called the sterile yak <laughs> <laughs> And they were briefly named the new group before landing on the name the state. So, and of course, you know, you, you know all the members: Kevin Allison, Michael Black, Robert Van Garen, Todd Hollaback, Michael Patrigan, Carrie, Kenny, now Silver, Thomas Lennon, Joe Chuglio, Ken Reno, Mike Schulter, and David Wayne. And other than Dennis Leary, the other hot comedian on MTV at that time was also John Stewart. And they worked over time. He was like the yin to the really aggressive gang that Dennis Leary was. And right, no, yeah, yeah, John Stewart was friendly and silly while, like, you know, Dennis yeah. Leary's shtick was abrasive and, you know, in your face. So they gave him, before his talk show, they tried him out. I feel like he was one of the hosts of Short Attention Span Theater, but that's not saying much because there was like 30 hosts. On, yeah. Comedy, on, yeah, on Comedy Central or the Hot Network, whatever it was being called back then. But yeah, yeah. He, was, um, he was one of the hosts of Short Attention Span Theater. Him and some, him and some other female for, like a, for a good while, for at least a season. Maybe, maybe possibly two. Maybe Kitelinner? Yeah. Was it Laura Kitelinner? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. But, um, so they gave him his own show where... Viewers would write in their ideas for sketches called You Wrote It, You Watch It. And it only lasted like, I think, 13 or 14 episodes. It was a terrible idea. None of the sketches were really funny. But in order to save money, they used people around New York. And so that's how they tapped into that comedy group, The State. So uh, okay. if I watched the first episode assuming that the cast would be in like a bunch of sketches, no. They basically do one sketch per show. They, they basically... Uh, outsource them that to them they give them the money to film it and then john uh stewart just hosts it i see and then of course john stewart would go on to do his talk show at the same time as the launch of the state and you know it's big in the grunge era you know and of course it's heavily influenced oh, yeah. by music videos and whatever was cool at the time but but I think the thing that was most endearing wasn't the timely sketches so much. You know, whatever was making fun of, like, you know, the music videos and, and stuff on TV. It was the characters. It had the kids in the hall appeal because you all know a person kind of like that. And just took it to, a, like, a goofier extreme. Um, of course, Doug, being the one I think most of us related to, is being like, Oh, man. <laughs> The world's really yeah. stupid, man. I don't get it. I'm just going to be grumpy over here. Yeah, especially because I was of close to that age. So I would have, like, even though I didn't have a father in my house, but I would have had a similar, you don't get it, man. <laughs> I'm tone, you know. Yeah, that, I, I think, I think that, that sketch and that character resonated, resonated a lot with a lot of younger viewers, yeah. I'm sure, you know. And the fact that his dad was always cooler than <laughs> <laughs> his friends. That's hilarious. Uh, you mean... Uh, you know, you know, I, I've smoked weed or whatever. You know, you and your, uh, you know, my uncle, uh, or sorry, you and your uncle uh, Robert. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean? Oh, no, no. He says Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan goes, oh yeah, Uncle Rob or whatever. <laughs> so like that. He's like, man, I hate that you're cooler than me. You know, everybody was kind of cooler than him. Even his principal, I think, was cooler than him. Yeah. Um, well, we yeah. had we had Captain Monterey Jack was always like the over enthusiastic guy at the combos. 
you know, the little get-togethers you'd have that was like, yeah, we're going to do great this year. Let me give you some advice. It's kind of nonsense and gibberish. And, yeah, you know, was that what? Michael Ian Black's character? Yeah. He was the, uh, <laughs> the, the motivational speaker. Of course, Barry Levon. I mean, if you're going to talk about Michael Ian Black, Thomas Lennon, <laughs> fucking nonsense. $240 worth of pudding. Where do we get that kind of pudding? It don't matter none. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny. Um, I was reading something um, about, like, re- recurring characters. It says here, the cast, notably David Wayne, has said that they were not interested in creating recurring characters, but were repeatedly pressured by the network to emulate Saturday Night Live in this manner. So in turn, some of the, re- some of the recurring characters were made as satires of recurring characters. Notably, Louie was made to satisfy network pressures for both a recurring character and a catchphrase, according to the cast's DVD commentary track. So <laughs> they weren't really into that, but some of those characters were only made because they had to. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty which is pretty funny because like even when they're not trying to they make things hilarious you know? well I I didn't know that I thought he was a parody of all those sitcoms you know the guy that comes in and goes that mad or whatever you know sit on it well, well he is he is and they, they made it because they wanted they, they wanted him to make one of those like, fine we'll make one of those we'll make one so transparent and so obvious and so stupid that he won't want us to do it anymore and uh, of course you know it, it caught on everyone loves it so yeah right with it. Um, I, my favorite one is the uh and I can't believe they didn't get like maybe it's because it's so low level, you know, no one noticed it. But that whole Last Supper sketch, holy oh, yeah. shit! I can't believe people didn't lose their minds. But she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's Louis. Everybody loves Louis. But I mean, come on, dip my balls yeah. in it. I mean, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny how they ended it too, because like Thomas ended with Jesus, and he goes, like, "Have you seen? Have you seen Jesus the guy?" Uh, yeah, he went that way. Short sleeve shirt, uh, short, short sleeve shirt, tie, talking about dipping his balls and stuff. He's like, yeah, he's that way. Go get him. <laughs> There's a it, because it had such a low budget. Only maybe what twenty five percent of it was shot in front of a live studio audience. A lot of it was just grab a cheap camcorder, go out to the middle of nowhere, and do what you can on like fifty bucks. Yeah, that's like the majority of the sketches. The uh, the old fashioned guy that Thomas Lennon would do, where he would just walk up to the. <laughs> uh, because all may old fashioned, but uh, I'm afraid of the god in the ocean right now, and we should all fear him. <laughs> yeah, he was one of my favorite characters. Like, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think the sun is a giant god, and I fear for him. That's it, okay. He's going so old school, he's going ancient, which is hilarious. The, uh, the inbred twins, which, fuck, to this day, <laughs> to this day, I still quote, it's, it's the only sketch me and my sister were in tears watching it. Wow. Is the one about what am I doing? What am I, I doing? I was just about to say that. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I feel like I feel like you and I, when we work together, like we'd be in the back room and I, we would do that to each other. It's like, what am I doing again? You're like, go pull the candy from the. Th- oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> um, trying to remember, there's there's one one sketch. It's not a reoccurring sketch, but it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. Is it's a southern couple. They're coming up to the house to meet her father, and he goes on and on. He goes, "Are you the great, 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 great grandson of you know?" Going through every single line, and then just one little itty bitty is like, "You half Irish? Fuck you! Get off my porch!" <laughs> uh, let's see. There's. That sounds familiar. I'm not 100 percent sure. See, that's the thing. I'm not 100 percent sure that I saw that one. Oh. It's like all these, like you know what I mean. Like, like I didn't get a chance to see much of season four, even though as much as I would have liked, liked to. But like, yeah, um, most like most of the sketches I've seen, um, 
you know what I mean? I do remember, but there was a bunch of them I seen for the first time. I was like, oh my god! And of course, there were some that were goofy. There was one that was like, blah, 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 blah. that was like the the just, that was like the crunch, the crunch of the whole sketch. Like, oh oh yeah, the the cereal yeah, one. Okay, so I remember watching it the very first time and watching it with my family and like all of them. Even my sister was like, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't get this at all. <laughs> And it's the one where they're promoting a cereal. They're like, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I have a sketch like that. All right, guys. <laughs> there's just something about it because I've seen a million of those stupid, shitty cereal commercials. And it just, it didn't matter. I think the point was that it didn't matter what they were saying. That was all going to be like bullshit nonsense. Look at this. It's fortified cereal with 98 vitamins. And it is. <laughs> Here it says, in the show's style of humor revolved mainly around the cast members' character acting and high energy and featured a broad range of comedic styles from satire to forays into absurdism, although the absurdist element was not played up as much until the third season. Notable examples include the Animal Song and the Howard Report. In addition, the common theme of the show's humor was introduced was to introduce a sketch with a straight man character caught in a ridiculous premise. Uh, then turn the sketch around by making the premise turn out to be correct. And I think I remember an example of that. I don't know if you ever remember the one where they're like, um, where the, one, the one's like an animal, like a hunter. He was like, he's like a cryptid hunter. He was like hunting Bigfoot. And he was in oh, his yeah. office. And it was Kevin Allison. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and then you look in his track and it's like, it says Sasquatch brand shaving cream, Bigfoot strength razors. It's like, I knew it. <laughs> he was himself. And it was, you know, it was pretty, pretty funny. It was like, so going to rampage throughout the office. There's one that's so fucking strange where it's, it's a spoof of those like wine cooler commercials that we saw all the time in the 90s with the ones shot in black and white. And they're like, hey, have a Bartles and Jane by the ocean. You know, they wanted to get away from the old guy sitting on the porch. And then it's like, I will sit on the ocean or whatever and drink myself into a coma. I will smash bottles with my ass. I will be assassinated by monkeys. <laughs> fucking shit. Like, that's, that's my favorite part of this stuff. There's one where... It's just one stable camera. That there's no movement whatsoever. And it's just them looking in different angles. Like, hello, welcome to our restaurant. What would you like? Uh, I would, you know, it's like, and then the hamburger comes up to start talking to him. But then none of them are looking at each other. And like, waiter, I want to talk to your manager. Hello, I'm the manager. <laughs> just stuff. But there's, there's weird, absurdist stuff in the first episode. But... It does seem like, okay, you can do this crazy absurd stuff, but it still has to be kind of like SNL sketch-based. Like the whole yeah. talk show where they're just running the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. The one thing they... Let me see if I can find where I left off here. But the one thing they um, they always seem to do, which um, which you probably you can't really do in a live show, is they'll, they'll have like each sketch... Uh, sketch one into each other they'll have like a kind of like they'll end on a certain note which will happen to introduce the next sketch yeah you know if that makes any sense well didn't I feel like Monty Python started that and Mr. Show yeah. talks about it a lot how torturous it was to connect the sketches together but mm-hmm. you know they've never complained about it but yeah uh, the state did it all the time yeah, see, like it says here often the cast would appear as themselves and address the audience to promote fake contests or deliver uh, mock public service announcements much like Monty Python's Flying Circus the same sketches were sometimes linked to each other you know, in in some way a punchline or image that end in one sketch often provided a lead into the next which is which is what I notice quite often yeah they, they had they had that. these really funny sketches it was usually Michael Ian Black as the center point sometimes Ken not Ken um, the other Mike Michael Showalter where 
they would all be together in, in front of the stage or whatever and be like, okay, so it's time for our confessions or whatever, and they make up nonsense. He's like, yeah, I studied Jeet Kune Do, and I was assassinated in 1973. That's not your life. That's Bruce Lee's life. Oh, okay. And then he'd be like, all right, well, let me start off. I do have a case of herpes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man, that's that's more than we were ever going to admit to. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Stuff like that. Stuff that's really cheap and affordable. I, that's what they did. They got very, very creative on very little money because most of it had to be spent on maybe two or three of the major sketches. Yeah. I remember... I remember my mom watching it. She was like, I don't like it. It's too much about sex. And I forgot the first one is pretty. I mean, it has a whole episode where it's about the sperm. Or the, or, not the sperm, the <laughs> oh, hormones. Yeah. They're like, the, like, yeah, the, the, the sex drive. Like the one, the, you know, the, the, the her, her hormones battling the other guy's hormones or whatever. Like yeah. Dancing and stuff. The one thing that sucks about the TV version and the DVD version is they didn't sign off on the rights for the music. Um, and I always remember Cannonball playing during that one where the guy's not wearing pants. Oh, well, there was there was ended one sketch where they're all like kind of karaokeing to uh, Panama, the hills Panama. Uh-huh. And I was, I don't know why I was I was, I always enjoyed watching that because it's funny they're really getting into it. But they can't they couldn't use that song so the sketch I'm watching it's like it was like Canada a Canada. <laughs> I don't know if it's a real song or something just threw in there. But uh, total side note, my favorite part of Panama is when you can tell that David Lee Roth has that Jersey accent because instead of saying burning, he goes boining down the avenue. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I remember the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay makes fun. There's another one that makes fun of like 70s kind of uh, shitty fluff, you know, like three, uh, what's it, the, the uh, Three's Company, stuff like that, or Charlie's Angels, oh. you know, that kind of thing. Right, 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 yeah. Um, that's the whole kind of like hey we're so different but we're forced to live together can you imagine it yeah there's not there really wasn't more uh, reoccurring characters other than that they just kind of like winged it and I think my favorite one is the one that they even say it on the episode they said uh, MTV told them not to do this episode or this sketch because it was way too expensive and time consuming and it's my favorite one it's Porcupine uh, Racetrack fucking hell (laughs) It's so much nonsense, but it's worth it. Yeah. I like the one, I, I, I didn't see this, this go around, I don't know, I'm not sure which season it was on, but it was the one where, like, the guy was, like, a revolutionary dentist, and he's, like, he's, like, doing a seminar, I was like, why do we insist about going the same old tired method of, go, of doing our dental exams by going through the mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many other avenues. And then they, they show him, like, pulling it from his tooth, and then the lady's giving a testimony with an eye patch, he's like, oh, he does amazing work. Uh, bearded men of Space Station Eleven is one of the most nonsensical arguments, <laughs> but we right. we do have beards. Well, then you're aliens, but we have oxygen inside the space. No, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> um, do you remember there was a game show where uh, they found out that they were going to win orphans, and they purposely oh, tried right. to bomb. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. I forgot about that one. There was one where uh, I remember on MTV there was a big thing going around during, I think it was election 92. I'm not sure if Rock the Vote existed yet, but it was pretty close to that time period where um, they were like, okay, well, it's time. You know, They were serious in this. Like, you know, black and white people can get along. Different kinds of people can get along, whatever. But then they had like, these little ones like a clown and a mime were fighting or a pirate and a clown. 
<laughs> like you would not understand that unless you were there at that moment. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like some of this stuff's dated, but like, like a lot of the sketches still hold up. You know what I mean? They're not like so, you know. Like, you know, it's not like a Saturday Night Live episode where you make it fun of the political, you know, uh, like political commentary at the time or something like that. So there's a little of that in there, but for, for the most part, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not super dated. It can, yeah. It's still relatively fresh. Well, MTV Sports was a huge thing because Dan Cortez was so ridiculous. And oh that God. was open for... Well, you know, I also noticed that um, we talked about, I think, a couple years ago, there was a short-lived, I only think it was like six episodes, a uh, sketch show called Idiot Box with Alex Winter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Do you feel the vibe of those episodes in the first season of of the state? Like they're trying to get that editing style? Yeah, totally. No, yeah, it, it's very, 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 very akin to that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's funny. It's it's funny uh, you mentioned that because I didn't really think about that till, till just right now. But yeah, there, there, there's definitely there's definitely a similar vibe. You, you can you can totally see it. Yeah. The so it's so crazy to me that they ended the show even though they were offered. Way more than they already had. 65 episodes. And then they signed a deal with CBS, which is with the same exact company. They're all owned by Viacom. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this because I have no idea. I don't, I don't understand how, how the show ended. Or, or, all right, I'm, I'm just going to read this one little bit about, about um, they're talking about you know, the show going off the air. But I don't understand why it left. This is, Contrary to popular belief, the troops freak, official frequently asked questions. The show was never f- actually canceled for, for, for a variety of reasons, including network television politics. The state decided to pursue other interests and establish ourselves as an entity that exists apart from any particular employer or TV network. However, CBS optioned to buy the show after its second year on MTV in hopes of increasing viewership among younger demographics and potentially providing competition against NBC Saturday Night Live. CBS intended to test the waters with the state's 43rd annual All-Star Halloween special, which aired in prime time in 1995. The special received generally good reviews, including some from critics that gave them harsh ones earlier. But due to little promotion, it received low ratings. The show was not picked up for further broadcasts. On the series' DVD commentary, cast members revealed that MTV had offered a contract guarantee for 65 additional shows, but the cast turned it down to leave to CBS against their agent's advice. But then they ended up leaving, leaving CBS. So I don't understand what yeah. is the end game here. It's, it's so strange. Do. I don't understand. If you're owned by the same company, why not have CBS air an episode... Just to test the waters. Also, are you are you serious? Halloween night for college? I mean, this is a college age, high school age. They're all at parties. They're all doing stuff. Are you out of your fucking minds? Against, but not just SNL. They were up against Mad TV at the same time. Right. And even with that sketch, if you watch that the Halloween sketch, they're like saying F you to CBS and flipping the bird. I was like, but CBS wanted you on there. I, I, I thought maybe CBS, I thought they were doing that because they gave them that show and then they were going to cancel them. Like, ah, oh, well, you get this one show and then you're out of here. So that's why I thought they were being so aggressive towards CBS in like the uh, the opening like song and dance they do. But it's like, it's a no. I just didn't make any, like, I don't know. Well, you also have to take into consideration, this is when it was really funny that David Letterman would make fun of NBC and CBS, and he had just switched over to CBS, so maybe they had had that kind of energy. Uh, Remember Fox? Remember the, the Simpsons and, and Living Color and all those guys? They used to make fun of Fox all the time. Make fun of Fox, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah, I just don't understand. Like, why not test the waters over there? And if it didn't work, then just continue on MTV or sign them to multiple specials. I, it's the most mind-boggling thing. And then all of a sudden, the group is gone. They went from being <laughs> yeah. like the cool kids to being nobody. 
Well, the weird thing is, so in 1996, the members of the scene recorded an album, Comedy for Gracious Living, at Compass Point Studios for Warner Brothers. It was shelved for unknown reasons, and after being unearthed from the Warner Vault, it was finally released in September 2010. By, uh, by Rhino. The 25 track uh, features cuts such as Skip This Track, They Were Drunk, and Carrie's One Second Noise. With liner notes written by the troupe, the package packaging is notable for having perhaps the longest printed booklet ever included in the CD package. So, and then, then, uh, and then they also wrote a book, a book the group wrote, <clears throat> State by the State, with the State, an, informed, an uninformed, poorly researched guide to traveling the United States, was published in April 1997, and it's currently out of print. It is very, very expensive. I, we used to have this book, and me and my sister would okay. read it all the time. Um, end up selling it because they found out it was worth like $90. Um, it's oh still, God. it's now it's like worth $190. They've never bothered to reprint it. If I could get the rights, I totally would. Um, it has two wonderful lines that my sister and I <laughs> love to repeat to each other. Is, uh, it was one that Carrie wrote about a certain state. I don't remember why or what or whatever, but it was all about things to say in this state. Open the fridge, Ma! I got to poop! <laughs> and the other one was, my vagina's busted out my pants! <laughs> I don't... It, it, you know, it's the funny thing is we lived in Indiana at the time. I live in Indiana now. But when it got to Indiana, it just says nothing. <laughs> it's like they ran out of time and they just said, skip it. Let's just put nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very, very funny. It's They're all essays made up of stuff that just never happened. And, like, it's just so demented and so weird. It, it's... It, that and that's hard to find. The album you can't get streaming anymore. It disappeared. I've never actually seen the yeah. Halloween special. Where did you find it? Was it on YouTube? It was on YouTube. I saw it on YouTube. Okay, I gotta watch it because I've never actually seen it because we forgot about it when it aired and only caught like the last minute. Yeah, and, and like, and, and there's another movie. So, at, so in 2007, the film, uh, the entire the entire group appeared in the 2000 film called The Ten directed by David Wayne. In some cases, in cameo appearances, uh, on March 15, 2008, most of the troupe reunited for a special reunion sketch at, uh, at UCB Theater in Los Angeles. Upright says it's pretty interesting people know what that is. So that's, and then, um, let's see, in 2008, the group attempted to reunite to make a movie about American history for Comedy Central. Oh, God, that was so good. Title, the working title, This American Sandwich. However, uh, the attempt was derailed by the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike. So that so never happened. But in 2023, uh, Allison, Black, Jan, Silver, Landon, Latruglio, Marino, and Wayne reunited for a performance at the Paramount Theater in Denver, Colorado. The show was dubbed the Breaking Hearts and Dippin' Balls Tour. And while initially planned as a one-night-only event, the uh, three additional performances were added on October 16, 17, 18, and additional performances planned. So, hey, maybe we'll get some more of that in the future. Yeah, it's, I mean, Kids of the Hall have gotten back together numerous times, so anything can happen. Um, yeah. But I keep thinking, like, I was, it's one of the very first official websites that I subscribed to. Like, I wanted all the updates. I was constantly checking to see what appearances from who, where, where, when. Um, just in hopes that they would do anything together. And I remember before they launched the official site, they did a TV show on Comedy Central called Viva Variety. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it was so. It was, I feel like it was really soon after the state was canceled because that was fall of '95. I feel like I almost yeah. feel like it was spring of '96, maybe '97 when that came out. Yeah, I feel like that's a late '90s show. I don't know why. I just remember that, you know. Yeah, and and that kind of kept the light going for a little bit, but then people just started going in different directions. Michael Ian Black joined. Um, Ed 
I remember like the two guys became writers, Lennon and um, uh, damn it, uh, Ben Grant. You know, they started writing movies like. Oh, uh, oh yeah, totally. Um, Balls of Fury, I think, is my favorite of their of theirs. Uh, Michael Patrick Jan, he dro- directed that really good mockumentary called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, he, he, he's done a lot of things. I mean, I, I always just assumed it was like a joke having him on because he barely ever said anything in the show. But I didn't realize, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was a dumb kid. I didn't realize that just because they're in the cast doesn't mean that they, they only act and do nothing else. They all, you know, they're all putting the show together. They're all writing. They're all like... Right, you know, well, I mean, Terry all, Gilliam... Like, Ter- editing, so yeah. just because they're not like a, a famous character doesn't mean they're not contributing, you know? Hollaback is the only one I think that has completely disappeared. I have not seen him except for like, yeah. I think during one, uh, during they did like a live sketch of um, Porcupine Racetrack during COVID. Like they all just okay. got on, what's that thing? It's not, uh, you know, everybody's on the same screen. What the hell is it called? Oh, uh, Zoom call. Zoom call, yeah, they did one of those. Yeah. Um, but he's the one that kind of walked away pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't know. What what else does he have in the bag? Maybe maybe that's what people don't like performing. I don't know. I don't see Kevin Allison very often. He has a sketch or a a podcast where people come up on stage and tell their most embarrassing stories, which is fascinating, but I cannot remember what it's called. Um, I'd look it up real quick. Risk. That's what it's called. Um, Really embarrassing, funny stories. Uh, Ken Marino, remember, he was the one that kind of broke out that he could have been a lead. I remember he was yeah. in, I want to say he was in Men Behaving Badly, I think, was the TV show. He was in some movies. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, like, the the exact, like, um, like, chronology of his career, but I know, like, you know, he's, I mean, I've seen him, like, in movies here and there, I've seen him in, like, friggin', uh, what's it called, Wanderlust, same with, same with Joe Chilio, <laughs> they're yeah. Um, well, he seemed yes. like the kind of he, you know, like how Bruce Campbell was, where he was a guy who had a very niche audience, a strong jaw but could be funny and, and mm-hmm. looked like big and tough. But he had that kind of vibe going. But well, a lot yeah, of these, yeah, he, he yeah. totally has a, a comedic leading man vibe for sure. A lot of these guys would go into like writing and directing. Of course, I think the big one that we all worship is Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, of course, yeah. Did they go back to the well too many times? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> This, the first the first sequel was fine, but then they were like, uh, I think it was the ten years later. I was like, Nah, I think I'm good. I watched it, but yeah. I was like, Yeah, I'm tired now. Exactly. I, I didn't see part two. I'm like, uh, Do I need to though? <laughs> yeah. I remember like, Show so Walter, uh, Wayne, and Michael Ian Black did a really funny short-lived show on Comedy Central called Stella, which was based mm. on like these Marx Brother kind of sketches they would do live. I love Stella. Yeah. And that was like in 2005, I believe. That's yeah. when he started that. If you if you like the Stooges, the Marx Brothers, that kind of stuff, it's just these three idiots who somehow managed to survive in New York on no money and no jobs and end up in these insane <laughs> adventures. And then I, then there was right after that they had Michael and Michael have issues where it was Showalter and Ian Black got together and and had like I, I've never actually seen it but I think they have therapy sessions where they're just improving and being goofy. Uh, one day I'll get around to watching it. Okay. But other than that, it's just like they kind of went off in their own direction. Some did stand-up, some did writing and directing, but it's, it's, it's nice that they get together every once in a blue moon for something special. Yeah, I mean, they're all friends. They're all, they're all friends and former school and classmates, so, you know, they all, they all have that, that, you know, they all have the history. Yeah. It's not, what? Like, you know, it's not, it's not like they're just professional. They just have a professional relationship, you know what I mean? So they're all friends outside of the show. I think, I think the fact that Paul Rudd is kind of like almost an extra member of, like the way Steve Martin is with SNL, he's almost a member of the state. 
he's, he's helped David Wayne's career immensely because, because Wet Hot American Summer, of course, but it's role models, Wanderlust, they came together. I think a couple things uh, on TV. Like, that's a big thing that they uh, work uh, on together. Thomas Lennon was on I Love You Man. He played, played a bit in that and stuff. And oh, same, yeah. Same, same, same with Jella Chulia. Yeah, I, I, let's not discount Tom Lennon for being a great second banana. He's been appeared oh, yeah. so many great TV shows and movies. He's a fantastic show. Yeah, he was like Oscar Madison when they did a, a re- revamp of The Odd Couple yeah. a couple years ago. Was that any good? No, no. He, I'm sorry, he was Felix Hunger. He was Felix Hunger, and I think, I, what's his face from Friends? I think that was Oscar. Oh, uh, right, the one, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, yeah. I never saw it, but I heard he was good in it. You know? Yeah, um, I love The Odd Couple, so I, I should give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard he was legit. I'm trying to think what else, what else? Um, of course we've seen Carrie Silver uh, in friggin Reno uh, I've seen her like in some episodes of Always Sunny well she was um, a regular on a very short lived but very funny show from uh, God, I want to say uh, Mitch the one that created uh, Arrested Development it's the one that he did right before that's called The Ellen Show where she goes back home to her small town to become a guidance counselor and Carrie oh, Kenny's wow. like the home act teacher <laughs> Very fun show. Uh, oh, Mitch Hurwitz. That's his name, Mitchell Hurwitz. Uh, so it's it's nice that they, they still keep chugging along. I like get excited every time I get to see them. Oh, I forgot Joe LaTrulio was on um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine for like yeah. seven oh, seasons. Yeah, yeah. He's, he still, still is. I, it's on the air, is it off? I'm not sure. But oh. he's been, yeah, he's been on that forever. I mean, yeah, he's got a little recurring parts of certain movies here and there. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's something that you get to see with these sketch shows where people come back together. It's it's rare where they're like, oh, I hate you, I'm never doing it again because the the um, uh, Monty Python guys get together, Kids in the Hall get together, or SNL guys get together, Mr. Yeah. Show. It's it's like this little fraternity of guys who have the same kind of sense of humor. Exactly. You know, I mean, they, they you know that's, that's what brought them together in the first place. Is their their shared their shared sensibilities. So that's what all that's always keeps them bringing back. You know. If you look at this era, the guys who had no real money were the ones killing it in sketch comedy, but they're also very niche humor. Look, Mad TV and SNL, they were meant for the big ratings. You know, they, they, oh, yeah. they those, spent those, the money. Those are corporate-made entities, yeah. you know, for sure. And, yes, technically uh, the state is paid for by Paramount, but it's like almost like they just didn't care and they left them alone for the most part after season two and just let yeah. them do whatever weird shit they wanted to do. <laughs> It's on here. It says the state received mixed reviews from critics during its original run, January nineteen ninety four. The Daily News TV Guide called the show so terrible it deserves to be studied. <laughs> Entertainment, <laughs> Entertainment Weekly called the show significantly less than sporadically funny and gave it a C minus rating. However, the show has fared better with the critics in the years since it went off the air. However, TV TV.com says many of the state sketches remain funny to this day, and unlike most shows of the age, would not be considered dated or stale even even the few mediocre sketches um, of the show are better than 99% of today's sketch comedy according to, according to tv.com <laughs> that was their quote alright so if you are interested in the show you can easily find it I believe it's streaming on Paramount Plus right now um, you can get the disc for real cheap I think it was like 1999 or something for the entire series Wet Hot American so Summer I mean come on that's a gold standard of alt comedy classic for sure um, so this is the end for you with sketch comedy. You're going to be my music specialist from here on yeah, out. Sorry about that. I just it's really hard for me to devote the time to watching all these things. I have very limited TV time these days. Yeah. So, so I'm going to have to like pass the baton to someone else, unfortunately. Yeah. So switching places with somebody else. So you are going to be now my music specialist because it's much easier for you anyway. You can just stream albums and like you know much easier than. Uh, 
Plus, you you and I love making lists of like, oh, uh, this band, what you know, what would we uh, play from this band or whatever, or what were my favorite albums of this year? That kind of thing is a lot easier for uh, you. Right. I mean, as much as I love sketch comedy, I'm, I'm always been more of a music guy. You know, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't actually watch TV that, that often. Well, you are a completist too. When you you tell me you're gonna watch all the episodes, I'm like, are you serious? You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I gave the old college try. I definitely would have finished watching uh, the season four if I didn't lose the um, if the, uh, the, the the deal didn't expire. Yeah, that's like, my you know, that's the thing. Well, like we're all sharing one TV, and even though I have a TV in my room, it's like the only time I'm ever in my room is going when I'm going to sleep. So I kind of have to like you know. <laughs> like share the TV with other people so I really have to like pick my moments when I can watch you know <laughs> alright so look forward uh, he will be our new music specialist for the show and thank you for the years of doing this sketch comedy stuff oh always a pleasure, pleasure. alright everybody have a good one